Welcome to The Perspective with Mike Sherbino. We're a TV show and a syndicated radio show, and we are stepping into the conversation and looking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Be prepared to hear from some amazing guests, known and unknown, insightful conversations that will get you thinking. And most importantly on the show, we are especially interested in encountering the living God and hearing about how he is transforming lives. Check us out on the World Wide Web at www.theperspective.tv. On Facebook, you can search The Perspective with Mike Sherbino, and you can also find us on YouTube. Do you ever find yourself sometimes overthinking to the point where you find it difficult to even stop? Then this show is for you. Today on The Perspective, your host, Pastor Mike Sherbino, talk with soul care mentor, Bonnie Gray, who says overthinking is the first sign of stress that needs to be managed. Bonnie talks about her latest book, Breathe, 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos into Calm. Bonnie's biblical and smart reminders are a bomb for the soul, mind, and body as we make our way through this life. Rest and renewal for your spirit is God's gift to us every moment of every day. As Bonnie says in her podcast, God is whispering into you saying, I'm holding your hand. I do understand. You know, busy is, uh, sadly, sometimes it's like our middle name, isn't it? You know, we're just among friends because everyone, we all get worn thin. There's busyness, there's lots of things we need to do, taking care of others. We often pour out to others and we forget about ourselves. We forget, we put ourselves last on the list, but if we don't refill, how can we pour out? (laughs) That's so true. So we're going to unpack this a lot more, but just give us something quickly, even from your latest book. What, how do you help people? How do you help people move into this? I think the first thing that we can really celebrate is that Jesus himself invites us to rest. Come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, what's really special is what Jesus says right after. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you will find rest. So actually rest is very active. We have to explore what refills our tank. And it doesn't look the same in every person. Okay, so Bonnie, what you're saying is that rest is more than just getting an extra half hour sleep. You gotta help me understand that a bit. That's right. You know, most of us, when we think of rest, we think of taking naps or just unplugging and doing nothing. But if we look at scripture, because I need the permission from God, because usually most people will feel it's selfish and unspiritual to take time for yourself, to do things that bring you peace and joy. For some reason in our culture or even in our church culture, we've picked up this myth that if I'm doing something that brings me joy or peace, it feels selfish, but scripture says in Psalm 46, 10, it says to be still and know that I am God. And the phrase be still literally means to loosen your grip. It literally means to relax. So in order for us to experience God, we need to do things that help us relax. I mean, think about the times where you felt that You created the most wonderful memories, whether it's with your children, your spouse, um, even your coworkers, or the people in church that you are serving in. It's those times where people are relaxing that you can enjoy each other's company and, and fill up with a little more hope 
and leave a little less burdened. Mm. I love the verse that you pulled up too, to be still. And that's something that's become so pivotal in my life, but also such a challenge as well to, to what you're speaking to. And um, Mike has been talking a lot about trust in the midst of that. So would you, could you talk a little bit about that at all? How do you trust in the midst of stillness to adopt this different way of being? Well, I think this is when we want to talk about soul care. Because, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, our God, with our heart, mind, and soul. So we've got the mind part. We trust God with our mind. That's knowing the truth and really being diligent and studying his word and knowing what all that means. We're also good at serving God with our heart. The heart is where we're devoted, where we serve others from. But the soul, it's almost as if that word is invisible to us. What does it mean to take care of our soul? So trusting God means doing things that can nurture your soul. And what is the soul? It's that inner person that God created. In scripture, the first time that the word breathe or breath is mentioned is when God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And that word breathe or breath in the New Testament, the word soul means breathe means breath, means spirit. It's the individual that you are. And so trusting God, we put feet to faith by doing things that help you to feel and renew your sense of peace and joy. So it's very personal. And that's why it's hard because it's very vulnerable to say, you know, I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z, but I'm actually going to do something that benefits me because I can experience more of God's peace and joy. That's very vulnerable. It's easier to trust God by doing things for him and others. But uh, that is not the complete picture of the life God wants us to live. Yes, we serve others. Yes, we want to know the truth. But we have to trust God by willing to believe God does care about how we feel. And he cares about our anxieties. And he wants us to stop and do things to nurture ourselves. Bonnie, let me jump in for a second because... I mean, I like what you're saying, and I think our viewers are probably saying, okay, I like this, but maybe some of them are thinking, but you don't know my story. You don't know my background, and, and just shift and do, start doing this, is that's like a, you're asking for a miracle. So give us a bit of your own backstory. We've got about two minutes before the break. How did you come to faith? What were some of the things you were struggling with? And then how on earth did you ever start this work that you're doing? Well, you know, I grew up as the oldest in a single parent family. My parents were divorced. So I kind of grew up leaning on my faith in God as the strong one, the encourager, the person just like naturally cheerful. But when I became a mom later in life, that's when I started having anxiety and panic attacks. And I didn't know why. And that's when I learned about soul care. Um, thank you for asking that question, because many of us are very strong in our faith, but we didn't realize that God actually cares about our mental health wellness. And so I had to learn in new ways, how do I lower the stress? And so this is a new way of being close to God is by focusing on nurturing our emotions and our physical wellness. So just in the time that remains, what's uh, one tip or something that you can leave with our viewers that would just help them to start on that journey? Well, I think the most important thing is to recognize that when we do have a stress and anxiety, the way God created our bodies, we have a left brain and right brain anxiety. Left brain is where we think and problem solve. The way to lower anxiety based on studies done is 
doing creative things that uses our hands. That could be gardening, drawing, baking, all the things we usually drop off our list because we think they're extra and not necessary. But in terms of nurturing our soul, God put these things in our lives to help us to release stress. So one tip is do something you enjoy with your hands and that overthinking will stop. And then you will be able to get a break from those worries and those troubles. Well, we're going to take a short break right now just to take a spin on that phrase, Bonnie. And then we're going to come back with Bonnie Gray as we talk more about this soul care and how we can learn not to be so busy with life, but actually to relax and enjoy the moment. Stay with us, folks. We're going to be right back after this break. We all love stories. They shape our minds, fuel our passions, and give perspective to our situation. Speaking of perspective, have you checked out The Perspective on your local TV network? The Perspective is Canada's newest daily faith-based program that addresses the issues between faith and culture. You will hear stories from guests like Lisa Bevere, Daryl Strawberry, Paul Henderson, The Godwink People, David Nurse, and many more. Hosted by Dr. Mike Sherbino, The Perspective is here to help you find and follow Jesus. Check us out at theperspective.tv. Looking for a church to connect with? North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you, and Pastor Mike would love to get to meet and talk with you. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Well, we're here today with Bonnie Gray, who has also written an amazing book called Breathe, 21 Days to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm. Uh, sounds like I need to buy about 20 versions, uh, 20 copies of that book, Bonnie. But you also have a podcast. And uh, Ashley, talk to us about the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I've been enjoying listening to your podcast as well. It's awesome. Breathe the Stress Less podcast. So you need to check that out for sure. And uh, Bonnie, just as we begin, what if there's viewers and they're like, they don't even recognize anxiety and stress? Because sometimes I, I've noted just even in my practice that that's hard to identify. How do we know if we're just living out of the doing for God and being overwhelmed by that level of anxiety? Yeah, we're just such committed people of faith that we will do whatever it takes to serve others and to take care of business during the day. But our bodies, like you said, Ashley, are actually absorbing all that stress. So I have a soul care quiz. It's called soul care quiz at soulcarequiz.com, you'll be able to learn which four areas of wellness you are missing the most. Because when we're stressed, we're not aware. We're just kind of numb. We go through the motions. But actually, there's four areas. There's emotional wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, and social wellness. So go to soulcarequiz.com and you'll be able to know which area. Because once you know which area, it's so validating because we'll be able to say, no wonder I'm stressed. No wonder I'm feeling irritable or I can't sleep at night. And that takes the stress already many notches down. And then we can just focus, make it very simple. Take one step in one area of wellness. Yeah, there's, it's, it's tough to identify all of that. We can live on fight or flight. I even noticed that in myself uh, in life as well. So this is a great tool to just help us to identify some of these factors. So, Bonnie, how do you apply biblical scripture with this whole practice of self-care and self-love? Uh, I'd love to get, you know, one or two insights as to how you take the scriptures and incorporate them into your life. Well, one of the first ones to combat that feeling of selfishness is from Corinthians 
we know that God tells us that he's the God of comfort and we can comfort others with the comfort we first receive ourselves. But we often will focus on comforting others, forgetting that God says with the comfort we first receive ourselves. So it's like, you know, when you get on an airplane, they always say, put on your own oxygen mask first before helping others. So that's an example. Now, one of the easiest practices to lower stress, to put on our oxygen mask for our soul and emotions is to take a 10 minute walk. 10 minutes of walking lowers the stress cortisol hormone that Ashley talked about that puts our body in that fight flight mode, lowers cortisol and releases a happy hormone called serotonin more than 45 minutes at the gym. Yeah, I I think that's so key how we can just change that with a matter of moments. I'm going to quit going to the gym. I mean, <laughs> there's a good reason. So I want to, I just kind of want to bridge this conversation and go a little bit further. What do you think is the impact as an adult and an adult stress level on kids and even maybe in their environment? It could be in their workplace as they're interacting. What do you notice about, uh, about that dynamic? Yeah, you know, I live in Silicon Valley, and it's the first place that the CDC had done an investigation on suicides among teenagers. And my kids go to public school in that school district. So I'm speaking from practical ways that I help my kids to be more stress resilient. The number one way to be able to protect our kids from stress first of all, is to make sure you are not stressed. you got to manage your stress levels because just like I was explaining that we absorb other people's stress and negative emotions, our kids, they absorb our stress. That's the number mm -hmm. one thing. But the second thing is we need to give them experiences. What, what do I mean by that is that what lowers stress and stress and anxiety isn't talking them out of it. I know that's the easiest way is to talk to them and teach them. But actually studies show that experiences, helping them experience peace and joy, that is what helps them lower the stress cortisol. So it's very important that we create memories with our children. We actually spend time with them. Even if it's busy during the week, there needs to be time on the weekend to come together to bond and do something that gives each person joy. So in our family, we have a practice, we have a whiteboard. And I started when they were little, when I was having anxiety attacks, because I needed to do things to refill my tank. And it became a blessing because now my kids are teenagers and it's a regular practice. We have a whiteboard. We all brainstorm, what would you like to do that gives you joy? And then it's like just crazy all over with ideas. And I say, everybody pick one, circle one you wanna do. And so we have four, we have two kids, family of four, and so each weekend, we have at least one thing that will bring joy to at least one person in the family, and everybody takes turns. You know, I, I, I'm really frustrated that you weren't around 35 years ago <clears throat> to give me some <laughs> of this advice, because I thought what would give my kids great joy is if I sent them out to rake leaves. I was going to say, or split the wood, lug it in to heat <laughs> the house. The list could go on. <laughs> hey, Bonnie. Well, I mean this is helpful. I want you to, we only have a few minutes left, but talk to us about your three-step rhythm. Uh, I know you've referenced different things, but just walk us through that. What is the three-step rhythm? Well, it's breathing in God's truth because we still need that. We need to know the truth and remind ourselves, but not truth in general, but truth specifically about how God cares for us. 
Okay, second, we want to breathe out our stress. And this is where the breath prayer comes in. It's so powerful. This helped me when I was having panic attacks. It helps our body. I don't know, Ashley appreciates this. It puts our body to quiet that stress response. God created a counterbalancing force. When we breathe in and breathe out, it relaxes our muscle tension and clears up brain fog. But as people of faith, we want to add scripture. So for instance, I want to do one right now. First Peter 5, 7, we breathe in. I cast my cares on you. Breathe out because you care for me. And each time we inhale and exhale, we name our worries. Studies show in a UCLA brain imaging study that when participants watched images of people experiencing negative emotion like fear, anxiety, and worry, their blood pressure spiked up, their heart rate spiked up, their bodies were stressed. But they had them watch these images again only to name them. And guess what? Their blood pressures went down, heart rates relaxed. So naming what we're worried about is actually stress relieving. So that's the third action is to do something that can help your body and emotions experience God's peace. So we don't stop at thinking about the truth. We have to put feet to faith and do something to restore our peace and joy. Bonnie, that's so helpful. I love that connection between our breath and breathing and scripture and tying that together. Thank you so much for sharing with us here and for helping us just to really unpack what it means to deal with our stress through soul care. We so appreciate the work that you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Love to have you come back. And uh, I've just kind of been chilling out the last couple of minutes here. So it's been, uh, it's been an experience for me. Wonderful to have you. Thank you, Mike and Ashley. Hey, well, stay with us. We're going to be right back. Ashley and I are going to unpack some of the things we've been hearing. And then I'm going to be teaching again on the whole subject of trusting in God. Coming Sunday, June 4th, it's a show and shine day at North End Church. This is a special shout out to all motorcycle riders. So bring your bike, your old car and shine them up. After church, there will be a barbecue and a blessing of the kids' fun activities for kids of all ages, along with an organized ride around Niagara with all the bikes. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. We'll see you then. Do you live in the Niagara area? Are you looking for a great summer option for your children? North End Church is offering six weeks of summer day camps that any child would love. Check out all the options at northendchurch.ca. I'd like you to think with me about what does it actually mean to trust God? Because we're asking a lot of people, I'm asking a lot of you, saying, well, why not trust myself or why not trust in uh, my doctor or why not trust in my banker and my retirement plan? You see, the issue is this. Who you choose to trust in is what they're going to be able to deliver. And the one who I'm suggesting we trust in, the Lord God, is the one who can not only give us life today and the strength for the moment, but also eternal life, the hope that we have. He is the only one that can unscramble the eggs of life. And trust me, folks, you know and I know that we are broken people. That's why we need a Savior. I don't know what happened around the dinner table for King David, but likely some of his kids would say, hey, Dad, Talk to us about what it was like that day when you went down in the valley to fight the giant Goliath. Do you remember the words that David said? 
He said to the giant, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. Wow, what an interesting statement. He was talking about who he was trusting in. And over the conversations over time around the table, whatever happened in David's home, one of his sons, son named Solomon, picked up on it. Actually, he's been attributed as the wisest man who ever lived. And he penned the words in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, what we're looking at this week. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He had seen his father David trust in the Lord and how God had sustained him. David had passed that inheritance onto his son. And now Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In other words, he will make your paths straight. As we begin to think about what that means, we need to come back and unpack what does trust look like. You see, it's important because it's what you and I will pass on to our children, to those that are in our circles of um, influence. What does trust look like? Some would say it's reckless abandonment. I'm not sure I like the word reckless, but it carries the idea of just totally surrendering. Years ago, when one of my daughters was young, um, we went to a camp where she was at. And she said, Dad, you got to come on the screamer. So like any father, say, yeah, sure. You know, if my eight-year-old daughter can go on this ride, so can I. But I didn't know it meant I had to climb up a tree that was 30 feet. But actually, I began to think it was like 500 meters. It was so high up. And she scampered all the way up to the top, and there's a platform, and she put on a safety harness, and it was a zip line. And she jumped off, and she was gone. And now, of course, I'm supposed to go <laughs> at the top of the, uh, the platform. It was a Christian camp. They had a verse of scripture, and the scripture was, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And because I'm the pastor and the theologian, I'm thinking, they are using the wrong verse right now. It should be, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And I'm thinking, they want me to put this little harness on to trust some metal wire and to jump out? Well, my daughter had done it. And because I am a man, I put the harness on, I closed my eyes, stuck my thumb in my mouth, and I jumped. And in that moment of when your heart races, suddenly it settled down. I opened up my eyes and I could enjoy the ride because I knew the line was going to hold me. When Solomon wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart, it's that reckless abandonment of saying, God, hold on to me. You see, trust is a decision based on what you believe about the ability of the one you are trusting in. Did you get that? Trust is a decision based on what you believe about the ability of the one you're trusting in. And the one I'm trusting in is none other than the creator of the world. And he invites us to come to him and he says, we can be still, we can relax. I don't have to run and panic all day long. Folks, I've been guilty of that, but God has been teaching me, Michael, more happens when you're still and when you commit the matter to me than you can ever imagine. As someone once said to me, God has your back. He's watching over you. And whether you're in a nursing home, whether you're in a hospital bed, whether you're dealing with a financial nightmare or a relationship that's breaking up, you can trust God. But he invites you 
to reach out your hand and say, God, I'm trusting you today to be my Savior. And if you ask him to be your Savior, guess what? He always will say yes. Thanks for listening to The Perspective today. Thank you for listening to The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. If you like what you heard or have a question for Mike, send him an email at this address, mike at theperspective.tv. Again, that's mike at theperspective.tv. Visit our website at www.theperspective.tv and check out our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com and type in The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. There you'll find hundreds of videos that'll keep you entertained and thinking for hours. Thanks again for listening to The Perspective, where we are always seeking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.